God often reveals his truth to us, whether it is about himself, us, or the relationships therein through the natural world. This is revealed to us by Paul in Romans 1, 19-20, which says, For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. This is also true for man-made things such as film, and I would like to show how he does just that in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Welcome to Oh How Marvelous, episode 13. Today we'll be talking about Avengers Age of Ultron. Now, I do not particularly remember my experience with seeing it in theaters. Yes, I know I cannot say the word particularly. Particularly. And so, um, yeah, I don't remember my experience with seeing this movie in theaters. But I do remember that I have always very much enjoyed this film. And I understand the qualms, especially with the original comic book fans surrounding Hawkeye's character of having a family. And I get that he didn't have one in the comics. He was just a loner. Um, But that's something, as someone who hasn't read the comics but still enjoys these movies, that's something that I really enjoyed from this movie. I, I think that if they had went along with the storyline from the comics that he didn't have a family that this movie would have gone much differently and I do rather enjoy the direction that they took this film now I was just about to graduate high school when this film came out but I want to say a week or so after this film came out I didn't really I don't think I saw it in theaters the opening weekend I wasn't all that interested in it I think I was more so focused on graduating high school um, at this point. But I know that a couple of weeks after this, or the week after, I don't know, um, I had a friend who I was in high school with who passed away in a car wreck. And so I, I just remember that occupying my mind up until the time I graduated Um, and so I wasn't too much into talking about Marvel movies at that point. He and I were both trumpet players in the marching band in our high school. He was a couple years behind me. Um, we actually went to the same church at the time too. And so it was rather weird for me because the funeral, um, for his, his service was, at our church and so it was really interesting seeing our band friends at our church it was kind of like not a clash but like really interesting to see my personal two worlds meeting um, it was really interesting to see my band friends sitting in a service at my church um, and then there was a group of us from band who um, played a song as part of the service and there was also our youth worship team um, from our church who led some songs of worship um, during that service Um, and so it was great seeing all my friends together not all but like most of my friends together in the same room but um it was really interesting for sure because you have some people that are usually not there, but I know that just happened, just, that just were there. <laughs> um, and so I was at one of the hard times in my life. I think this was the, mo- the first significant death that I had experienced in my life. Um, and so... Grieving over death was just a new thing for me. Um, 
it's not that I went into a depressive state or anything, because I didn't. Um, I, I love the guy. Um, his name was Matthew. Um, and I, I just love the guy. There were, of course, you had those local youth pastors and counselors that would come in to help with grief counseling. And so, um, my youth pastor and, um, some other staff members from the church were a part of that. And for that, I'm grateful. Um, but for me, it was more so seeing my friends hurting that hurt me more than just the death itself. And, um, I'm grateful that it was soon after that, that I graduated. Cause then, uh, I was able to look forward to some sort of celebration thing. Um, and also, um, my brother was also graduating from college at that time. And I think just going off of those two celebrations really helped me grieve well through that process. Um, and for that, I'm grateful. Um, so yeah, back to the movie. And by the way, y'all, when I get through with the Infinity Saga that is all the way through Far From Home, not Endgame. I know, I feel like Far From Home should be part of Phase 4, but whatever. Um, so when we get through Far From Home, I will probably give you an episode, or maybe at the end of my Far From Home episode, we'll see. I'll try to give you um, my rankings of those films and explain why it is that. Um, and you'll probably be able to glow go back to those episodes on each film to help you determine why that is so. <laughs> and so um, I, I think that'd be a great idea to do first, first of all. And so I'm looking forward to doing that. So back to Age of Ultron. Um, again, let's get to my favorites list. Um, my favorite character was Vision. I loved that he was self-aware like he if you remember the moment where he first that that scene where he first appears coming out of that cradle and the avengers are sort of cautionary toward him he says that i might be a monster i don't think i would know if i were one um there's some wisdom in there because um, we can be blind to our own failings. We can be blind to our own character flaws. And it certainly takes other people to let us know of that and to help us see outside of ourselves. Um, and I love how philosophical he is because I'm a philosophy brain which feeds my theology brain. Actually, I think it's the other way around. My theology brain feeds my philosophy brain. But, um, yeah, I love how philosophical he is. And I, I feel like I could personally have quite a conversation with Vision um, in which we mostly agree. But there might be some variation in there. Well, yeah, there will be variation in there. But, um, yeah, I just love Vision because um, if you notice, you have Tony and Banner, mainly Tony, Bruce, mainly Tony, who uh, creates Ultron, who seeks to destroy Tony. Mainly, he, as as uh, Vision said, Ultron hates Tony the most, and so you got Ultron, the creation of Tony, who hates Tony, and Ultron cry, tries to create Vision. Um, who then opposes Ultron. And so you've got this sort of cycle of whatever you create tends to hate you. Um, and so that's sort of, um, and it, it kind of adds to the story of how Tony tried to create this AI thing. It turned out for the worst and then he tries it again and it turns out for the best. And, I think there's a story of redemption to be told there. Um, I will certainly get into that during the biblical themes section later on. 
Now, as for my favorite scene, of course, there were some very good scenes. Um, one that I want to note, which wasn't my good, my favorite scene. Um, it came in for a very close second. Um, I was actually having a trouble with this one, and my favorite one that I've decided to be my favorite one is the scene where they're all trying to lift Mjolnir, and uh, <laughs> I love uh, Tony's lines especially. He's like, I will be reinstituting Prima Nocta. Um, also, when he and Rhodey try to team up with their gear, <laughs> and Tony's just like, are you pulling? And Rhodey's like, just come on, represent, pull. And... I, I, I love the brotherhood that they have there. Um, and then you got Steve Rogers who goes up and you see that he moves Mjolnir just a little bit. And uh, Thor gets real nervous. And Cap noticing that, he's like, yeah, nah, not even going to try any further. Um, and and then Clint decides, or is it, I think it's Tony that's like, yeah, it's Tony where he's like, uh, I believe the literal translation is whoever has Thor's fingerprints is worthy. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I love that scene. But my favorite scene was when Vision comes out of the cradle. Um, as I alluded to earlier, uh, you see this conflict between Steve and the twins and Bruce and Tony. Um, and then... Quicksilver decides to take things into his own hands. I mean, Pietro, he, they don't really ever actually call him Quicksilver, but you know that's him. And then, like, eventually, um, Thor comes in and just powers the cradle, just allowing Vision to come out. Um, and I love how when everything calms down eventually, uh, Thor, or Bruce is... No, Thor's like, uh, I've seen a Vision, Stark's right. And Bruce is like, oh goodness, this isn't the end times. <laughs> uh, I love that line. I think Bruce shines pretty well in this movie, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I love that scene because um, you first of all see, it's your first time seeing Paul Bettany in humanoid form in the MCU, as opposed to just being Jarvis. And so, also you see physically how vision learns from the environment around him when he first comes out of the cradle he is completely uncovered and then when he sees that everybody else has clothing on he decides to form some covering for himself um and then he pays attention to thor he sees that he has a cape and so he forms a cape for himself and i just love that um and then as soon as he is about to crash through the window or whatever, he just decides to stop and be like observing the city beneath him. And he eventually the conversation takes place and Vision's like, I'm on the side of life. And I love that part about Vision too. And then later on, Vision um, picks up that hammer that everyone else was trying to lift but couldn't. And he basically hands it to Thor and he's like but we need to get going dude in order to defeat Ultron here and everybody just looks flabbergasted <laughs> um honestly I think they I think the actors underplayed how surprised they should have been with their expressions uh but um especially <laughs> although I do think RDJ kind of um had the appropriate amount because he was like what like you could see the change of expression on his face as opposed to everyone else just seems like to slowly get there um but <laughs> yeah it it i just love that scene because it just shows so much about vision's character right from the get-go it i think it shows more about vision than the rest of the mcu has shown us about vision um on top of that so, yeah, uh, that's a great scene. And now also, given that I did really enjoy this film, I also have a whole list of quotes that I thought I should mention before getting to my favorite quote. So here they are. Um, the first one comes from 
Black Widow when they're in the big fight scene at the very beginning. And she's like, somebody want to deal with that bunker? And then you got Hulk comes in and crashing and uh, he just obliterates the bunker. The bunker. And she says, thank you. Um, next one being when Tony finally uh, opens the drawbridge um, and he enters the base, the Hydra base um, that Strucker is in charge of. And he, he puts the suit in sensory mode and he has the suit um, search around the room for anything he might have missed. And uh, Jarvis notices an air current behind a wall. And so um, he, uh, Tony's like, please be a secret door. Please be a secret door. Please be a secret door. And he pushes it and says, yay. I, I love that line. <laughs> I love that it brings out like the most, I think that's the most childlike line we've seen from Tony. Um, and I, I love that addition there. Second to last one here um, comes from Hawkeye in the middle of the big battle in Sokovia. He's with Wanda um, hiding in that building. And he, he says, the city is flying. We're fighting an army of robots and I have a bow and arrow. None of this makes sense. <laughs> and like, I love how he brings to light just how, how just how nonsensical the situation is. Um, and he puts it like he hits the nail on the head there. Um, and finally, um, vision, uh, vision, uh, quotes that I think was worthy to jot down was when they're boarding the helicarrier with, um, the people who are still in the city that are, that's the portion of the city that's going up into the sky and, um, one of the um, ships that is loading people in um, is full. And you got the guy on the computer um, stumbling over his words. And he just eventually says, uh, it's uh, full of people. <laughs> and, uh, he, he, I think the whole quote is just like, um, number two thing is stock top and locked out. It, uh, it, uh, it's, it's a full of people. <laughs> and I, I love how he stumbles on his words. I love that that guy just got his moment there. Um, and I think he was in the first Avengers, so that's cool. Um, but my favorite quote, of course, it comes from Vision at the end of the movie where he's talking to Ultron right before he, well, we assume he obliterates Ultron. So... Um, it comes from Vision here when he says, Humans are odd. They think order and chaos are somehow opposites and try to control what won't be. But there is grace in their failings. I think you missed that. I especially love when Vision says there that there is grace in humanity's failings. Um, and that is exactly why God decides to keep us on the planet, really. Um, because he has grace towards us despite our failings towards him. And that's all I'm going to say about that for right now because um, I'm certainly going to get more into depth about this specific scene here because it's so philosophical. Um, and this is what I meant by vision is so philosophical here. And so is Ultron, really. But, um, yeah, I'm going to get I'm going to dive deeper into this scene when we get into the biblical themes section here um, in a little bit. Um, and so there are also some other things that I really loved about this film. The first thing of them all is I loved the opening fight scene. And I especially love that you um, have that moment where you got all six of them in a line fighting together. You could already tell that they have figured out um, their gel. They've gelled together well. They figured out how to fight well together as a unit to build off of one another's strengths and um, help each other with their weaknesses. And um, they are so coordinated now. They got Jarvis on their side helping them. Uh, 
Also, Jarvis is not just communicating with Tony now. He's communicating with each adventure as well um, through the comms link. And I love that. Um, and going off of that fight scene, I love the combo moves with um, Thor and Captain America. Namely with the shield and hammer, Mjolnir. Um, I love how they know <laughs> to what... How strong to how strongly to use them. Um, they're they're so well coordinated with that, and I love the combo moves that they have with the um, hammer and shield. There, um, I keep on wanting to say short, sword and shield because um, the Lord is our sword and shield. Um, the next thing that I loved about this movie is that. I think of all the movies leading up to Endgame, this has the most significance towards it. It has so many implications. Um, you've got the line where Tony says, um, that up there, that's the Endgame. You've also got the vision that Wanda gives of Tony at the beginning, um, where you see all the other Avengers lying down in defeat. Um, you see Cap's broken shield. And uh, you have uh, Tony, not Tony, Steve, telling Tony, you could have done more. If you had done more, you could have saved us. And this really drives Tony to do more, um, especially further on towards Endgame. Um, there's so many other moments that lead up to Endgame, but this for sure um, has a ton of implications, um, a ton of foreshadowings to Endgame as well and that is a great reason as to why I really love this film because it just connects so well to the rest of the universe moving forward now another reason to love this film if you don't already if I have not yet convinced you is because of not because of but uh, I just love Rhodes obsession with superhero stories being good <laughs> It comes out when in the party scene where Rhodes is telling Tony and Thor um, the story of like carrying this tank to um, this general's palace and they're not impressed. But then later on you see um, and, and he is actually rather um, disappointed by that. And then later on you see Rhodes telling the story to just this random group of people and they all laugh at it and He's just, it's just such a confidence booster for him. And then it comes out later on in the big Sokovia fight scene um, where he's like, now this is going to be a good story. <laughs> I just love that Rhodes is, I think it's partly him just wanting to feel like he's part of the Avengers, like he's a part of this superhero narrative, this crew. Um, and honestly... I feel for the guy. <laughs> uh, I feel for him because uh, who wouldn't want to be, especially us comic book or movie nerds or even action movie nerds um, in general. Um, and the next thing that I really enjoyed about this movie was the, I like to call this the Avengers United fight. Um, it's in the big battle in Sokovia where um, they're all gathered around the drill in the church. And uh, it's right when Ultron comes up to them, and Thor's like, is this the best you can do? <laughs> and then, of course, Cap responds with, you had to ask. And so they're all working together so cohesively well. And I love the cinematography here, um, showing them fighting off all the robots the army of robots that Clint described them as because it's an army of robots. Um, but I love the cinematography here. Um, it highlights each new Avenger as well as each original Avenger um, in their fighting skills and their cohesion in working together already. Um, it highlights Wanda's skills. Um, I, I love how <laughs> you see Hulk just biting off a robot head and they're just spitting it out. Um, and sort of in slow motion too, but it, it, it's in slow motion, but it looks, but he's moved so fast that it looks like it's in real time. Uh, but you know, it's still in slow motion. 
I just love it. Now, this last thing that I really love about this film within the MCU, and I've said it before, is um, how Tony creates Ultron. Ultron opposes him. Then Ultron tries to create Vision. Um, he's unsuccessful with completing that project because the Avengers kind of thwart that. And so Tony kind of just finishes Ultron's project with his own tweaks in mind. And Vision comes about and Vision opposes Ultron. Um, and again, I love that scene at the end where they discuss their differences. Voltron. Voltron really? This is a Power Rangers. Vision and Ultron. I don't even know if Voltron's a Power Rangers character. Whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, Vision and Ultron having their conversation at the end. I really love that. Again, we'll get into that in the biblical themes portion. Um, but yeah, I just love the, I guess, the narrative that that provides only within just this one movie. Um, and so, uh, yeah, but I do have just, I, I only have one gripe with this movie. Um, since I'm not an original comic book nerd, I only have one gripe with this movie. It is the fact that Ultron is a one-off villain. Uh, he's so much more powerful in the comics. Again, I didn't read the comics, but I've heard stories from him. And I've, I've seen some of the cartoons about Ultron. And he, he appears to be much more powerful there. And I would have loved to see Ultron become a recurring villain throughout the MCU. He could have easily have been a big bad in the MCU. He could have been like a Thanos-level threat. Um, like Kang-level kind of thing. I, if he wasn't killed off in this movie, I think it would have been really cool to see him come in uh, sometime after Thanos, you know? Uh, or maybe even during the blip, because he could probably take advantage of that. Um, that would be really cool. Um, but I, I guess it would probably take away from the Infinity Saga narrative itself. But, I mean, it really could have set up for the next saga while still finishing up the original saga. And I I think they had a missed opportunity there within the MCU. Um, but I guess Kevin Feige knows what he's doing. So, we'll see. Um, yeah, I, I think that does it. Well, actually, I almost forgot about talking about the Stanley cameo. I gave it an 8.8. .8. It is my second favorite cameo of his within the MCU. Um, I will get into my favorite one later on shortly um, when we cover that episode. Um I love how he, his cameo is just fun. I, I love his fun cameos. Um, I love it when he has a line and especially when he interacts with the main cast themselves. Um, and I, I think that's why this is my second favorite one because um, you have Thor explaining why the ale that he's drinking is not suitable for um, regular Earth people. Um, and Stanley's like, come on, Blondie. O Omaha Beach wasn't for regular people. Come on. Um, and so Thor obliges. And he just, <laughs> you see right after that, like Stanley and the other World War II veterans are just zoinked. They're totally zoinked. Um, drunk out of their mind <laughs> uh, and I, I just loved that this cameo was just so fun um, it was it was great so I think that does it for my overall thoughts on the film and so let's get to the biblical portion of this piece um, let's get to the devotional it reads in Avengers Age of Ultron Wanda Maximoff the Scarlet Witch makes her MCU debut Although the character is known as a hero, she doesn't start off that way. She starts off as a villain. She and her twin brother, Pietro, volunteered for experiments done by Baron Strucker, a well-known Hydra scientist, for the goal of human enhancement. 
She and Pietro survived their apartment building being bombed with Stark weapons when they were 10, causing them to desire revenge against Stark. Combining all this with her ability to move objects at her own will and control others' minds made her a formidable foe against the Avengers. She and Pietro decided to side with Ultron because of their common hate for Stark. That was until she read the mind of Ultron's new creation, revealing his plan to end all life on Earth and replace it with his own robots. This caused her and her brother to join the Avengers to stop Ultron from achieving this plan. Once they changed sides, she and Pietro became great allies to the Avengers. They helped bring a great victory against Ultron. Wanda's story in this film is a lot like that of Saul in the New Testament. He started off as an enemy of God. He persecuted Christians by imprisoning and even killing them, even with the approval of the Sanhedrin. He even approved of the stoning of Stephen, the first recorded Christian martyr, Acts 7:54 through 8:3. So you can imagine that if there was anybody on earth that the Lord hated at this time, it was Saul. But the Lord didn't hate him. He actually loved Saul so much so as to show him what exactly he was doing. In Acts 9, Saul has an encounter with Jesus himself. This encounter is the turning point that made Saul one of the greatest evangelists and Christian leaders. Eventually, he becomes more popularly known as Paul. He gave us half of the New Testament. Only God can bring such radical transformation to a hard heart. Like Saul, Wanda started off believing that she was on the side of good, seeking to right a perceived wrong. Once each of them was shown the error of their ways, they saw that they needed to change sides. Grace was given to each of them, and, in turn, they gave forth grace to the ones which they had formerly hated. It is grace that can cause people to see the errors of their ways. And this grace causes us to extend grace to all, even those we have once seen as our most fierce enemy. Who or what have you been seeing as your enemy lately? Have they been extending grace to you? Will you start extending grace to them, even if they haven't been doing the same? Who has seen you as their enemy lately? How can you extend grace to them, and will you start now if you already haven't? Will you accept God's grace that he has extended to you on the cross? How can you extend that grace to others to bring them to redemption through Christ Jesus? Now, I think I will get more into how Wanda is like Saul when I get into her character study. Because um, I, I think what I'm going to do there is, um, with these character studies, when I get to them, is I'll try to relate the character to a biblical character um and for example i think i'm going to relate steve rogers to king david um throughout his whole life because um, i feel like um of all bible characters that steve rogers relates to david the most so stuff like that but to go to back to what the devotional has to say um i I think it's a really cool thing to look into the life of Saul, Paul. I'm going to call him Paul for now on. Because uh, um, if you call him Saul, for one, uh, there's no, well, other than context, there's no way to differentiate him from King Saul of the Old Testament. Um, so I'm just going to call him Paul for now. Because um, that's what he's known as now anyway. I personally think that it would be very beneficial if you do like a study into the life of Paul. I, yesterday, I sat in on a Sunday school class in my church, led by a retired pastor within our congregation. And he was looking into um, the very end of 2 Corinthians, where Paul basically lists out all the sufferings he's endured for the sake of um, spreading the gospel throughout the world. Um, and so, one thing that came to my mind um, in this study is how when Paul was persecuting Christians, he would probably send them through similar or the same things. And so, when he was suffering for the gospel, um, part of 
the reason for that was God was showing him, hey, this is what you have put Christians through before I met you on that road towards Damascus. And um, I think that is a very humbling thing for Paul. Um, and certainly there might have been times where he might have felt a little prideful in his ministry. Um, and so it was probably in those times that God brought about those sufferings. And um, specifically at the end of Second Corinthians, Paul talks about not boasting in anything but his own weakness. Um, he's not going to boast in anything positive about himself. He'll boast about his own weakness. He'll boast about the positives of others, and he'll certainly boast about God. Um, but he will not boast about the positives of himself, um, for that is very much prideful. Um, I'm sure he was tempted to do so at times, but in as far as we know, he never really gave into that temptation. He might have in few occasions. It's never recorded that has happened, but you don't know. Um, but the lesson is clear there that we should not boast in the positives of ourselves. If anything, we should boast in our weakness because as Paul says in, well, as Paul quotes Christ in saying this, in our weakness, well, his power is made perfect in our weakness. And therefore, our weakness should manifest God's power. Now, that's not the only thing that brings about God's power. But, again, our power, his power is made perfect in our weakness. And um, our weakness is meant to demonstrate God's power. That's a better way of saying it. Not really manifest it, but... It's meant to demonstrate God's power. It's a chance for God to demonstrate his power himself. It shouldn't be brought about by us. It's not on our part to bring about God's power, but it's on him, and he will do it. And now I have a whole list of other biblical themes that I've noticed through um, this film. And uh, one of those is when Ultron says that the Avengers' extinction is the only path to peace. Now, again, Tony created him as a peacekeeping initiative. He even makes that point to Tony. and um, But he comes about the wrong conclusion as to how to get to that peace. Um, Vision makes the point later on in the MCU, I think it's in Civil War, where he says that Ultron basically had a point to bring up through the events of this movie that where the Avengers were, they incited challenge. And so that challenge is what disturbed the peace. Um, but what caused that challenge was the Avengers. And so Ultron, in this way, saw that the Avengers needed to be no more so that peace can be kept and so um yeah it's a very convoluted way to get there um but what i want to hearken on here is um the striving for peace um it's one of the fruit of the spirit you got love joy peace and we should all as paul says um in romans twelve eighteen. That we should, if at all possible, live peaceably with one another. Meaning, avoid conflict if you can. Uh, do not let arguments ensue. Um, and, yeah, there's going to be conflict. So, when you reach that conflict, still be at peace with one another. Don't let a conflict ruin a relationship. Um, don't let it ruin something that is good um, don't let one thing ruin the whole thing um, right and so we should live at peace with one another um, we should live at peace with God we also see this striving for peace in the Old Testament um, I think back to the Iron Man episode I believe it was where it talked about Saul's pursuit of killing David 
And I read the passages there, and in every in those two instances, Paul sought peace. Not Paul. David. I don't know why I said Paul. David sought peace with Saul. Um, that's probably why I said Paul. But he sought peace with Saul. He had every opportunity to kill Saul, but he did not. He actually, in every time, decided he would try to de-escalate the situation, and he did it well both times. And um, this is kind of like what cops do. They try to de-escalate a situation before there's further damage to um, property or even injury to someone's body, whether it be their own or the perpetrator or a victim or something else. Like, um, So... We should strive for peace first. Um, and I, I think if we all strive for peace, the world would just be a better place. So the next biblical theme here that I would like to talk about comes from Ultron's many quotes towards the Bible. I think the first one is uh, where he says, Upon this rock I will build my church, and it's, when he's talking to Claw, by the way, this is Claw's MCU debut, and I love it. Andy Serkis is great in it. Anyways, um, I'll probably get more into Andy Serkis as Claw when we get to the Black Panther episode, because um, he just shines as the character. But with Ultron saying, upon this rock, I will build my church, um, he is obviously twisting scripture here. That's what villains tend to do. Um, and by the way, he gets this trait from Tony. Um, I think I mentioned in the Iron Man episode that uh, Tony kind of quotes Jesus from Scripture when he walks by a guy dressed up in a toga, and he says, "Render under Caesar, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's." And so Ultron just kind of gets this trait from Tony, and he says, "Upon this rock I will build my church," and he's referencing. Um, in the Gospels, where Jesus is kind of taking Peter um, on this walk. And he tells Peter that upon this rock, being you, I will build my church. And um, there's also another moment where Jesus mentions rocks. And it's when he's talking about the parable of the wise man building his house upon the rock. Um, you have the foolish man who built his house upon the sand. The rains came down. The floods came up. Um, the guy, the house who, that was built on the sand washes away. But the house that was built on the firm foundation of a rock stood. It, um, it stood, um, it withstood the forces of the storm that came about, is what I was trying to say. The Lord knows that there needs to be a firm foundation for the church to be built upon. Otherwise, it will quickly dissipate. It will quickly be washed away. Um, and so he decides to, to make Peter this rock. And how Ultron twists this really is just to kind of foreshadow the narrative of this movie here um he says on this rock i will build my church well if you remember earlier in the film he's sitting in a church when he first meets wanda and pietro where he's like i love it the geometry of belief and i also love that line too but um he's alluding to the fact that um he's gonna put the vibranium underneath the church and that's how he's gonna make the the um rock underneath the the city float in the air, um, and then that's how he's going to destroy humanity, yada, yada, yada. Um, so it's just really just a foreshadowing to it. Um, uh, it's really, he's actually really giving big hints to, hey, this is where I'm going to put the vibranium. Come get me, Tony. Um, <laughs> and so um, there's another moment where he brings about scripture, and that is when he alludes to Noah. Um, this is the moment where um, Wanda um, looks into not yet visions, 
mind and sees destruction and she's like what are you doing um and uh eventually uh ultron says just ask noah um there were a dozen extinction level events before even the dinosaur had theirs um and so he again alludes to bible by talking about noah and the flood um where um and by the way before noah even built the ark before god called him to build an ark there was never any rain on earth um rain was not even a concept thought of uh, at the time and so when noah built the ark because of god's command to him he was doing so out of great faith um he was mocked for doing so he was ridiculed for doing so um and uh so it was really just it didn't make any sense for him to do so because it would have meant um cutting down a lot of trees it was a whole lot of wood that he had to use that ark was huge um if you've ever been to the ark encounter in kentucky i encourage you to do so if you haven't first of all but um yeah it, that is a life-size version of the ark and so that took i think the bible says that it took 40 years for him to build and um imagine the amount of ridicule that he would have had to endure in those 40 years um because he was warning people that god was going to send a flood if they didn't repent um now if they did repent they would have been welcomed aboard the boat but um none of them did and so um he well actually i don't think they would have been welcomed aboard the boat because they've had their chance and so god promised that Ab or noah and his family would be able to be saved um via the ark um and so it was a, basically a mass extinction level event at least in the eyes of Ultron. So, yeah, um, I think those are the only two things that I noticed that Ultron alluded to, biblically speaking. But also because Vision is kind of a creation of Ultron and Tony, um, he does the same thing. Um, when Vision is created, um, one of the first things he says, because um, Bruce asks, what are you? Um, and he himself, like, is confused about who he is, um, and he just says, I am, and that, even though that's, that might seem like an innocent thing, that is a biblical reference to, um, when in Exodus, that God calls upon Moses, um, and this is the burning bush experience, where God somehow um, lures Moses into um, an area where there's this burning bush. It appears as if it's burning, but it really isn't. And then God says, Moses, take off your shoes, for this is holy ground. So he does so. Um, and this is where the instance where God calls Moses to um, go free his people um, and talk to Pharaoh. And at the end of this conversation with God, he asks, If my people ask me, what, what is the name of the God that we serve? Um, what am I to say to them? And the Lord just says, I am. Tell them that I am has sent you. And so we see here that I am is just a name for God. And um, we can certainly see some similar characteristics between vision and God. But we shouldn't put those names on those fictional characters. I, I think they went a step too far with that. But again, the creators really didn't know what they were doing. It's sort of one of those instances where you want to say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. Um, and you could find this story in Exodus chapter 3. Uh, it starts at the very beginning of the chapter. Um, and there's also one th other thing that came to my mind just now. Uh, speaking of names of God, um, we 
think of Yahweh um, as one of the names for God. And I saw a video from, and I do not have TikTok, but I saw a video of from all places TikTok of a guy explaining um, the background behind the meaning of the word Yahweh. And it actually originally had no vowels, but it's meant to be YH space WH. And it's meant to be the, like the sound of breathing, YH being inhale, WH being exhale. And so it's literally God's name is breath. He is the breath of life. And so what's really cool about that is every day we all speak his name. Even the pagans. Every time we inhale and exhale, we speak the name of Yahweh. We speak God's name. And so this next topic comes from Vision yet again, um, where in the conversation after his birth, he's talking to the Avengers, and he says that he is on the side of life. And that very much contrasts with Ultron, who <laughs> he says he's moved past. Ultron has moved past Tony's mission, and that is very much true because now he's created his own mission for himself, which is um, the annihilation of everything living. Because he says that once I am done, everything living will be metal. Um, and so, of course, that means the Avengers and humanity's extinction and so that is certainly the side of death right so since vision is on the side of life he is opposed to ultron and um there are so many reasons that we as christians should also be on the side of life we value we biblically speaking we value life from even before conception to beyond the grave into eternity we are valued by God before we even born. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And now we know that God doesn't hold any one person to be of more importance than any other person, and so we could certainly apply this concept of value before conception um, to all of us, um, we weren't, not all of us were appointed prophets to the nations. I don't think any of us were appointed prophets to the nations, but he has plans for each and every one of us. Um, we should all be given the chance at life. Psalm 139, 13 through 16 says, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. And so again here, we see that God has formed days for us before we were even conceived, before we were formed in our mother's wombs. It is not us that form our children. It is not our parents that form us. It is God forming us in our mother's womb. He, as the psalmist describes here, um, we are intricately made with fine detail. Um, so part of that is that we should value every part of ourselves. Um, yes, there are some fallen desires that are a part of us um, and that's just part of being in a fallen world and we should seek to redeem um, the parts of us that God has made that he intricately designed for his purpose and we should seek that purpose for our life but the main purpose here is that we are so valued by God before we're even conceived he knows when we'll be conceived. He knows when we will be born. He, he, he knows to what circumstances we're going to be born into. Um, and he designs it all, the, the good, um, not necessarily the bad. He, he allows the bad to happen. He doesn't design it that way. Um, 
and the bad happens because um, we live in a fallen world where he gives us free choices. But um, we are valued by God before conception. Now, we are also valued by God even beyond the grave into eternity. Um, that's why Jesus Christ died on the cross for us, so that we might live with him in paradise after we die here on earth. Um, he doesn't just come and heal the sick, um, uh, cure the brokenhearted, whatever, um, here in this lifetime. He, he does something for us so that we might spend eternity with him after our death. And um, the love of God is so vast for us that he values us from before we are conceived to much after our death. Um, and that is one of the great things that kind of separates our God from the other gods. Because um, he has great value for us intricately as individuals, as groups, you name it. Um, I mentioned in the Winter Soldier episode how Alexander Pierce says, I care about the whole fleet, not the one ship. Um, and how that was wrong. So just refer to that for just to get the analogy there too, that God values each and every one of us individually. And on top of this point, um, something that I've noticed in this film is that Ultron kind of seems to have the same goal as Ego from Guardians Volume 2. They both want to make the world or the universe in their own image. Um, Ultron says everything living will be metal, like me. Ego wants to recreate the universe to just be him. They have the same goal. Uh, it's just that Ego has it on this, on a broader scale than Ultron. And given that fact, I think it would have been really cool to see those two clash had they um, both been successful in their endeavors. Because um, I think as the What If series showed us, Ultron would have definitely tried to move past that once he's achieved that goal to move on to the universe and then once he got to ego that would have been a really cool clash to see um i again missed opportunity but there's a whole ton of missed opportunities that the mcu had but of course i'm pleased with the choices that they made so um yeah the next biblical topic that i want to talk about is um when ultron at the end of of the movie is having his not really debate but like philosophical discussion with vision as i said i'd be back to that now and now i'm here so um but specifically ultron here says that stark is asking for a savior and settles for a slave um that is certainly what jesus was for us he he was our savior but he came to serve and not be served as matthew tells us and I think in Mark 2, but um, Jesus came as a servant. He washed his disciples' feet. Um, this is his example to us of what it means to be a leader, of what it means to be a Christian, to serve others, is to serve Christ. Because he says, whatever you do to the least of these, you do to me. Whatever you don't do to the least of me, these, you don't do to me. And so... Um, I think it's important to remember um, how service um, is humbling and also what it does for our souls. Um, it, it it deters off pride and arrogance, really. Um, and so it's a great practice to do. Um, go and wash a friend's feet. Uh, tell them how much you love them, how much you appreciate them. I, I think... Well, Probably don't do that to a non-Christian because that would come across as weird, maybe. But um, yeah, a Christian friend, um, just make take this opportunity to show them how much you love them, and um, go serve, uh, go imitate Christ and serve. Um, I want to continue in this conversation about this whole entire scene um, as it pertains to. Especially the quote that I said is my favorite quote. And here Vision talks about um, there being grace in the failings of humanity. Uh, we try to take matters into our own hands sometimes, which is very much true and very much true of Tony too. Uh, he, he definitely tried to take matters into his own, own hands. 
And uh, one instance of that is Abraham, where God says that I'm going to give you a son. And honestly, Abraham had to wait like about 25 years for God's actual promise to fulfill itself or for him to fulfill his promise. But he decided to take matters into his own hands and he um, had Ishmael through Hagar. And uh, that situation just did not go well. Um, You can read about that in Genesis. Um, But there's also grace in our failings. Um, I think I've touched on that earlier. Um, But Vision goes on to say that a thing isn't beautiful because it lasts. And of course, the point he was trying to make is that humans are beautiful, but not because they last. Um, Ultron is trying to make something that lasted. Um, And I don't think he necessarily was trying to make something beautiful. He was just trying to make something out of his own selfish ambition, vain conceit. Um, But... um, Vision was just pointing about pointing out the beauty of maybe he was trying to say that because things don't last, they are beautiful, like humanity. Um, but if we apply this to God, that doesn't work because he is eternal. Um, so really, it's just qualities of a thing that what makes things beautiful and not longevity. So the last thing that I want to talk about here with you guys, um, biblical theme here comes from that whole story narrative earlier that I talked about where Tony creates Ultron, Ultron opposes Tony, Ultron creates Vision or attempts to, but um, Tony kind of takes over, Um, Vision um, is created and then is opposed to Ultron. And so, therefore, he's allied with Tony. Um, And so, I love that there's this redemption story here with Tony, that um, despite the fact that he wasn't really given a second chance by the rest of the Avengers, he got his second chance. And um, it worked out well. And I, I think of, if you haven't seen the VeggieTales Jonah movie, I encourage you to watch it because it's great. Um, it this very moment here reminds me of the scene in in the belly of the whale here um, in the Jonah VeggieTales movie where you get that church choir singing about God is God of second chances. But anyways, yes, I did just sing. That's my um, debut of singing for you guys there. So, um, but yeah, there's this song about God being a god of second chances, and he's even a god of third and fourth chances. Um, he gives us every chance to seek redemption through him. Um, we see this even in the life of Joseph's brothers in Genesis, where um, he gives them a redemption chance when uh, they go to Egypt, and uh, he, he kind of gives them a redemption chance through Joseph. Um, because they know that they've done wrong, and as soon as Joseph makes himself known to them, um, they they you f- you know they feel regret for that, and so he gives them a second chance um, at life. There's also Peter. Um, this is the classic example of second chances here, where uh, Peter denied Jesus three times before the rooster crowed and this was leading up to christ's crucifixion and resurrection and after the resurrection you have jesus getting breakfast with peter um where he gives him his chance at redemption you can find this story in john chapter 21 so just read that there um i encourage you to go read scripture there um and i really do encourage you to possibly even reread all these passages that I've been uh, citing directly, or just go and read the passages that I reference, please. The more scripture you take in, the more you're breathing in God and his word. So that way you can go and exhale it out into the world. Now that does it for Avengers Age of Ultron. I would love to 
have you join us on the Discord. Again, there's no extra cost to it, whatever. Uh, just send me an email at mcudevos at gmail.com. That is mcudevos at gmail.com. And I will send you an invite link to this Discord. That way we can talk about Jesus, talk about um, Marvel, anything and everything. Um, uh, prayer requests, too. I'd love to be able to pray for you. Um, love for you to be able to pray for me. Um, and so, yeah, just hit me up so that you could be able to join the Discord. Since I've last made an episode uh she hulk episode two has come out i am enjoying it so far i will not say anything further about it until we talk about the show here um yeah uh i am looking forward to wakanda forever in november uh can't wait to see how they progress that storyline um especially given chadwick boseman's passing which by the way chadwick boseman's passing was two years ago as of yesterday um, i can't believe it's been that long um i actually live near where he grew up um he actually the high school that he went to would um it wouldn't be unheard of for our two football teams to um play each other and so um, he lived he lived that close to where I live, and so I think it's really cool. In fact, um, he's definitely um, a hero from the state for sure. But um, again, we should not look up to Hollywood actors um, as if they are some sort of idol. Um, maybe in the way that we imitate Paul, as we imitate as he imitates Christ. Should we look up to our Hollywood heroes in the way that they imitate Christ? Um, that's as far as we should go there. But yeah, um, my condolences are with the Bozeman family during this time of year, especially. Because um, I know for my family, um, around death anniversaries, it can be hard. So my thoughts and prayers definitely go out to them. Um, and I, I can't believe how humble of a soul that man was so yeah i think that will do it for avengers age of ultron uh we will see you next time when we cover ant-man on oh how marvelous